You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, a performance coach, a podcast host, a father, a meditator, a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker. And I have two questions for you. Number one, are there people that you think should really, really be on this podcast that I don't know about that you would love to hear from, but I just haven't had them? Who are they? Please send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com. And let me know who you think deserves to be on this podcast. There's people that you know that I don't, and I would really love to hear from you. I don't usually solicit feedback and ask for a response from you guys other than to just say hi or drop me a you know review on iTunes. But if there's somebody that you think needs to be on this podcast, let me know. Tell me who it is. Second question is, are you interested in learning more about what I do outside of hosting this podcast? If you are, if you're interested in keeping up to date on the things that I'm working on in my coaching in performance, please let me know. Just drop me two sentences in an email. Yeah, I'd love to hear, be in the loop on what you're up to, Sean. And also, you should have X person on your podcast because they are super cool and uh, would love to hear more about them. So send me an email. Let me know. On today's episode, we are joined by Kiara Goon, who is a neurofeedback practitioner here in Seattle, Washington, where I live. And Neurofeedback is the type of thing that I think we all have heard of, but we don't know much about. You know, we've seen it become more and more popular recently in the biohacking community and for really good reasons because it is really, really wildly crazy effective for a gigantic list of deficiencies. Not only can it help with traumatic brain injury, PTSD, addiction, insomnia, seizures, emotional volatility, dementia, Alzheimer's autoimmune disease. But in addition to that, it can also take you from high performer to elite performer. And I know that you know that Dave Asprey's into it. I know you probably know that, you know, Jim Quick and some of the sort of brain-centric biohacking people in the space are all about it. You've probably heard of 40 Years of Zen. This is a cutting edge. This is the future of brain training. And I have had the luxury of, and I am so grateful for it, of going through a number of sessions because I want to get better. I want to get faster and smarter. I want to, I want to increase my IQ. And what I have been doing is working with Kiara at her neurofeedback clinic in Seattle to bring my brain up. In this podcast, we cover all sorts of amazing stuff. I want to give you a heads up. There is a little bit of a hiss in the audio on her end. I think she had her gain turned up too high on her microphone. It's subtle. It's not not terribly distracting. Just ignore it. Maybe listen to this um, just a tad quieter than than you would with the other episodes. It doesn't take away from from the actual content, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. In this episode, we cover what an actual session of neurofeedback is. Like, what do you do? Uh, how sometimes it's hard to accept that a procedure this simple is actually having really, really incredible results for you. We talk about the difference between alpha-theta as a way, uh, as a form of neurofeedback. Her approach to neurofeedback is called infralow, and it is originated from Susan and Siegfried Othmer, who are the creators of this, this version of neurofeedback. They're still alive. They are pioneers in brain training. We talk also about synchrony. 
We talk about a couple of really amazing stories from some of her clients who have gotten off of seizure medication, like completely. Um, how one of her colleagues treated a teenage boy in one session of neurofeedback that cured his psoriasis. I mean, that is incredible. We also talk about the Wavi. The Wavi is a brain mapping uh, data collection device. It's got 19 sensors on it. You wear this thing on your head. You do two little training sessions on a computer, and then you know how basically how good your brain is. It gives you a heat map of how your brain is responding responding to stimuli, and how she uses that in conjunction with neurofeedback to really get a, a really clear sense of how your brain is doing. Kiara has worked with entrepreneurs, she said one billionaire at least, <laughs> um, in addition to other folks who are really, really dealing with, with really serious, serious health issues and behavioral issues and addictions, and neurofeedback is massively effective for treating those. This is a really interesting episode, and we don't spend very much time at all talking about my brain. Um, so instead, we focus on why this matters to you, why this should be interesting, why you might want to consider investing in this brain training. You know, if you could do one thing that would change your life forever, it would be to fix your brain because the brain is the control center for everything and all the things that you do. Really fascinating episode. I'm really happy to bring it to you. And I really appreciate you listening. You know, we're, we're concluding the end of 2019 and going into 2020. And I really appreciate all of you that listen to every single one of these episodes. I hope that you enjoyed the last episode with John Jaquish, the creator of the X3 Bar. It is a product that has blown my mind, that has uh, allowed me to gain lean muscle mass with a broken foot and stay lean and fit. And just a reminder, you can use a code OPP at checkout for the X3 Bar and get $50 off, which is pretty sweet. You can find Kiara Good at Seattle nfb.com. It's Seattle Neurofeedback. Pretty simple. If you're interested or in the Pacific Northwest, she has people fly in from all over town, from all over the world actually to, to be treated. But it's really, really worth looking into and it has helped me immensely. And hopefully this, inf- this information in this podcast is interesting to you. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kiara Good. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. Kiara Good, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So neurofeedback is... um, it's something that we've been doing now together for, for what is it, 14, 15 sessions? Yeah, last time I saw you, it was your 14th session. And before then, I have known about it for just a number of years, just maybe two or three years. Uh, it's been on my radar, and it is sort of like the at the heart of everything that's cool about biohacking. I mean, it really, mm-hmm. it really gets to the essence of how we can know about ourselves, know about our our physical bodies and our environments around us and make changes about them. Um, can you just, I want to start on a really basic level. Can you tell me uh, what is neurofeedback? So neurofeedback 
is a very, very cool thing that your brain can essentially rewire itself if it gets real-time information about how it's doing that. And outside of neurofeedback, the only other modality that allows a person to see their brain in real-time activity is a functional MRI, usually in a hospital setting. So obviously, that would be a very laborious, tedious, expensive way to do neurofeedback. So what we have, which has actually been around since the 60s, but it's become really refined of late, is EEG sensors to the head, picking up your electrical activity. It's fed through an amplifier, and then it's fed back to a person in the form of a movie or a game. And within that movie and ga or game, there are little tiny changes happening on the screen that your brain recognizes as itself, which that is the very cool thing. So your brain recognizes that it's it's seeing itself in real time, and then it, it also has this ability to see that it's not functioning optimally, and then it starts rewiring itself. And that's where the neuroplasticity comes in. The the fact that that to me is like the coolest part of it is that is that you, that the brain understands that the representation of these little changes like and we're talking about watching a Netflix show as as you're watching some show uh, the the changes to the screen the screen gets just a tad dimmer or the 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 sound of the television gets a little bit dimmer um, and 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 that is actually the brain watching itself and then correcting itself to increase what it's it's uh it's function it's um it's performance yes exactly so if if i were to break down what neurofeedback can do for a person in two words i would say the first word would be interoception where you start feeling and understanding the changes your state changes and your body and your brain are really connected and understanding that. So you're sort of observing and feeling and understanding yourself versus being triggered and just responding. That interoception, that kind of sums up what neurofeedback does. The other word that I like to use for neurofeedback is resiliency, because no matter how much biohacking you've done, how grounded you are life is stressful and going back to your prenatal experience if your mother was stressed while pregnant with you or if you were born um with you know a falling heart rate and you were rushed off to the icu and separated from your mom or then later on just life you know school stresses uh, and then you get to midlife and you're you're sort of out of resiliency that's it's all gone you know and that's when people start having really serious issues with sleep, managing stress, and just living in the world in a grounded, comfortable way. And so what neurofeedback can do is give you that resiliency back. So it even goes as far back to like what happened even before we were born, because our brains and our bodies uh, sort of record that experience and it has an effect on our brain forever? Exactly, because your brain is coming online in the womb. And if, uh, if a pregnant woman is feeling stressed and she's pumping out cortisol in response to that stress, 
then the, the fetus is going to take on that cortisol and it's going to wire the brain accordingly, not to its optimal state. But you know, we are resilient. We are humans are very resilient, but as we go through life, you know, each incident that's a negative experience will build and we will lose the resiliency. And that's where all the dysfunctions and the issues happen. So then that, that manifests in our life, that lack of, of resiliency that, that really is centered in the brain uh, because the brain controls everything. That right. lack of resiliency manifests in lack of sleep or depression, anxiety, OCD, manic depressive, all of these, all of these, these sort of afflictions that, that so many people, all of us know somebody that's dealing with one of those things. Yeah. I mean, insomnia alone. I mean, how many people have you met that can't get good night's sleep? But outside of that too, I, I do work with executives and I just, you know, had a client tell me recently, you know, when I came here, I was really concerned because my business was falling off. I wasn't managing things well and things have turned around for them. They're back on their game. They're managing things. Do, do most people, wait, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, how did you find, how did you get into neurofeedback? What was, what's your sort of Genesis story for how that you're now, you know, setting people, setting sensors on people's brains and, and, and doing right. this sort of therapy? Well, I w I've always been in the helping medical world as a nurse, working in the ICU, working in a heart transplant unit. Um, I've always been fascinated with uh, health and wellness, and it was my passion working with people. And I, w I did that for about 20 years. And then about um, 10, 12 years ago, I had a relative that was just not not doing well, somebody that was just really suffering with anxiety. And I could see that they were on a path to potentially, you know, getting a prescription for an anti-anxiety agent. And as a nurse, um, I, I knew what that would lead to, you know, I mean, that's just a band-aid that will, you know, take the stress down for a bit, but then you're going to have to go to a higher dose and then you become dependent and it's another medication and symptoms. And so I was like, there's gotta be something else. What can I do? You know? So I did some research and I, I spent quite a while researching until I came across somebody that had mentioned that they had experienced neurofeedback. And I was like, what is this neurofeedback? It didn't make any sense to me. It was 12 years ago and I, I, it just wasn't there in the, you know, out like it is now in the biohacking world. So um, I found a practitioner that lived, that was close to my relative. I said, please try this before you go any further with anything else. And the results were stunning. My relative was so completely, I mean, so many things were changing for them besides anxiety. I mean, their sleep was, everything was regulating for them. And I was like, I, I have to find out about this. So I did it myself, felt phenomenal. I had always had issues with, um, ever since I had children, you know, that regular wake up during the night, your sleep gets disrupted and it's really hard to get back on track with sleep. So. I was battling issues with waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to get back to sleep. So I did it. My did neurofeedback myself, and I was just stunned with what kind of benefits I received outside of sleep regulation. And I was like, you know what? This is my this is my new passion. And so I resigned from nursing, which I was actually ready to do anyway. After 20 years, I was ready to take a break from that insane world. Um, and I went to Los Angeles. I found the Othmers, the Othmer Institute. They are leaders in the world of neurofeedback. They've been in the business for 30 plus years. And um, I just 
did training and I just kept going down as many courses as they offered. I was there, you know. So I came back to Seattle. I practiced on pretty much everybody I knew, all my neighbors, my friends, my family. When I felt confident that I was knew what I was doing, I opened my practice in 2012. Tell tell us a little bit about the Othmers and the work that they do, uh, and, and because I I know that they are really the the sort of originators uh, of of neurofeedback. Um, tell tell us a little bit about what they do and how they do what they do and how that how that wisdom is passed along to the work that you do every single day. Well, first I like to say that you know the Othmers are incredible people, husband and wife, Siegfried and Sue Othmer amazing people they got into the field themselves because their son had epilepsy and that was actually the first thing that was discovered with neurofeedback that it could increase the seizure threshold meaning that um people would was could withstand stressors and have less seizures so that's how they got into the the field of neurofeedback and they've been in it for 30 plus years they're um leaders, really, they're the founders of the type of neurofeedback that I do, which is Infralo. Um, that's been around since 2006. They're very dedicated to getting neurofeedback out into the community. They do a, a lot of work with um, the Army Bell Shelter, with homeless, chronic uh, substance use disorders. They've done training in northern India for the Nepalese children that um, had to flee their country and that have trauma and they're living in orphanages. The work has gone into the Congo to help uh, women who have PTSD from the war zone there that have been excommunicated from their villages. I mean, their work is just beyond. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. And they are, um, they are leaders in the field and they come from a really good place. Yeah. You know, as you're, as you're describing the different, the diff- those, those populations of people who have experienced massive trauma and, um, you know, um, really debilitating experiences that, that, that really change you for the rest of your life. It goes back to the point about resiliency and in, in that, you know, if you, if you are just wiped out, if you have PTSD, if you have, um, if, if you have some, some instance in your life that has, that has really shook you and you're not the same, that neurofeedback, um, in, in a number of sessions, doing something that's pleasant. I mean, it's it's non-invasive, it's pleasant, and it's really easy to do to actually see people recover and get their resiliency back so that they can live, not only, not only live optimally, but like just sort of get your life back. You know, you shared with me so many stories about some of the things that, uh, some of the, some of the afflictions that people have been, have dealt with that have, that have gotten, massive results from you. Can you share a couple of, a couple of testimonial, obviously you don't have to say any names, but some testimonial stories from people who have, who have had just a crazy astounding results uh, from neurofeedback? Sure. Yeah. So the, my very first client that I can think of, and I have full permission to discuss her case without even mentioning her name. She is a, um, a mid 60 year old with, um, lifelong epilepsy. 40 plus years of uh, grand mal seizures and on some heavy, heavy medication. I mean, Dilantin is one of the heaviest anti-seizure meds out there and it's got horrible side effects. So we started working uh, together a few years ago and I'd say within probably six months, six to eight months, she was able to come off half her medication. At the end of a year, she's off everything. 
Wow. No medication. She was on three anti-seizure meds, and she was still having one grand mal seizure a year. And that is gone for her. And besides not having any seizures and off all those horrible medications with the side effects, she's living differently. She's living in a grounded, calm way. She's just responding, you know, in the world differently. She feels hopeful. Yeah. So she, she's, yeah, she's, uh, she would say that's one of the, my biggest success stories as far as medication goes. But then I have so many other people that come to me just, you know, that are just looking to upgrade themselves or like yourself, a biohacker, you know, you don't necessarily have anything wrong with you, but you want to just take yourself to the next level. Um, I have that. And then I have actually several families that I've worked with, with um, children that for one reason or another have had tremendous uh, neurological hits, which have resulted in very, very dysregulated behaviors, shall we say, that has affected the families to the point where they couldn't socialize with other family members, with friends. They were basically prisoners of their children's behaviors. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever met anybody like that. That is just pure hell, you know, not to, to walk on eggshells, not to be able to socialize with people, to worry about whether or not their child is going to be asked to be leave another school, you know. I've worked with children like that, and they have completely turned them around. Neurofeedback has turned them around. And yeah. they, you know, many of them are done. It's very rare that I have to, I mean, there are a couple of cases where I'll see a person for maintenance, but the majority of people are finished when they meet their goals. So I want to talk a little bit about the process because I, I want to make, I want to sort of paint a picture for people. Like what, what do you, what do you do? How do you prep? What does it feel like? Uh, what's the setup? So can you sort of walk us through just a typical session? Um, one of your clients comes in, you say, Oh, Hey, Jim, Bob, you know, welcome back. Um, can you sort of walk us through the process of, of how you set them up, what they, what they experienced through, how long is a session and sort of uh, just sort of the nuts and bolts of this, uh, sort of, uh, procedure. Sure. Well, after the first evaluation appointment, which is about two and a half hours where I in, intake the history of a person, we also do, um, a cognitive function test. And now I have my Wavi device, which I'm going to do a brain scan on them. So after we have completed that, then the sessions are me trying to build a, a protocol based on how the person's responding because my the type of neurofeedback that I practice is completely customized to every individual. There's no one protocol that fits everyone. So I spend the first several sessions looking for that exact frequency that that person's brain wants to train at. So I guess if you were to use an analogy, like if I were a trainer at a gym and you were my client, I would sort of look at your, how, you know, what your endurance looks like. And maybe I might give you like a 50 pound weight to train with and we'll see how that works out and then I'll increase it or decrease it. So same thing for the frequency setting because it's an electrical hertz, millihertz um, frequency that I choose for each person. So I will just see a person, I will set their sensors on the part of the brain that I think we need to train first and then I'll pick a frequency and then that person will report back to me and I think I remember in the beginning with your sessions I was I went kind of really fast with you and I was a little aggressive because you are I mean you came to me in really good shape anyway and I knew that you could withstand it and we were going to just experiment but I think like at session two or three 
I had taken the frequency way down and you were like, I was wondering how you were going to tolerate that. And you told me you were like slow as molasses. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you left my office that day, I was like, hmm, I think I went a little low on the frequency because Sean looked like very, very, very calm and maybe too slowed down, you know, which you had. So we tweaked your setting, went back to one that actually has been working for you ever since you know i haven't had to make any changes to your frequency since and so lately we've just been experimenting and you know i've established your your protocol and now we've just been kind of playing around with different things like synchrony which you had this past week which was really good for you i think yeah that. yeah now i do rem i do remember that and uh, you know i'm for someone like myself who's meditated for a long time who's been in float tanks you know 600 plus hours, you know, I'm, I'm very self-aware of what's going on in my body and in my brain. I can, I can tell when I'm, I can tell when I'm on, I can tell when I'm off. I'm very sensitive to that. And I do remember that day, like I walked out and needed a nap. I felt sort of, <laughs> I, I mean, I was sluggish. Was very like lethargic and yeah. I felt, I did. <laughs> you had a I, I, yeah, I did totally. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, and, and from there we knew, you knew like, okay, that was, that was a little bit low. All right. So how do we make those adjustments? And just, and just again, to like, to explain to, cause I think so many people are interested. They know they've heard neurofeedback. They're interested in it. They want to try it. They have, they, they have something that they want to improve in their life. Um, but they don't, they have no context for what it yeah. is. Right. One thing that I wanted to make clear, um, and I'm glad that we're doing this podcast because a lot of people have misconception about, you know, the sensors going on the head. They think something's going into the head, like little microcurrents of electricity or something, and that's definitely not happening. Nothing is going into your head. We're just picking up brain waves, and I'm processing it through my neuroamplifier, my computer, and then showing it back to the person in the form of a movie. And it's a hard, hard concept to grasp. I mean, I even had a hard time with it and I was taking the training courses. You know, I'm like, wait a minute, this can't be true. It just can't be true. But it actually it is, it is true. The brain recognizes itself. The brain loves to look at itself. <laughs> and it's all happening at the subconscious level, right? It's, yeah. And that's the thing. The other thing that people have a hard time with, they're like trying to control it. No, you can't control it. Because actually your brain is in charge of you. You're not in charge of your brain. Right. That's why it's important to get that brain functioning optimally because if it's dysregulated, then your life is going to be hard and uncomfortable. Right. And, and and if you don't have the skills or the techniques, if you don't have if you haven't gone through the procedures to give yourself a little bit of help, then you don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix your brain. You might sit quietly, you might focus on your breath, but that's not that's not a that's not a systemic improvement to your cognitive function. It's not gonna it's not it's not a a really deep level of, of change. You know, one one word that you mentioned was subconscious that it's happening on the subconscious level. Um, I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on on that on that key element of this is that this is 
This is all happening in your subconscious mind. And for, for, for the regular listeners who never miss an episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, they'll, they'll remember the Bruce Lipton episode where that's all we talked about was the subconscious mind and, and how it's in charge of something like 95% of the way that we experience reality. Um, and we can do certain things, um, you know, self-hypnosis and affirmations and so forth to, to help improve our brains. But can you elaborate a little bit more on on how it's how it's how it's making changes to the subconscious mind and how important that is? Right. So, well, you've heard of the limbic system, the reptilian part of the brain that is about fight flight. It's your survival mechanism, and that's where it lives, is in your subconscious. And so, your brain's main job is to keep you safe, and even if something even if something isn't a threat to you currently your brain doesn't understand that and that's why it will have you respond in certain ways which is dysfunctional and you're not in control of that so you have to calm that down and regulate that portion of your brain down so that it gets the message that it is you are safe you're not there now you know it's like the soldier that comes back from the war and he knows that he's not at war but or she and they hear like a car backfiring or a loud noise and they hit the ground i mean why do they do that they know they're not in a war zone they know that they're in their neighborhood but it's just that's how powerful the subconscious is the limbic part of the brain the part of your brain that's trying to keep you safe and no matter what which actually neurofeedback is very good for ptsd for that very reason yeah. We've trained a lot of soldiers. Have you have you worked with soldiers? Yes, I have. And also substance use disorder because that comes from PTSD. And you, people are just trying to regulate their brain, calm the brain down. It's hard to live with that state of mind. So um, that's where the self-medication comes in with alcohol and drugs. It's not a choice. People aren't choosing to do that because who wants to do that? It's a horrible um, way to live. It's difficult, you know. So with the Osmers, um pro bono work that they're doing with the Bell Shelter in Los Angeles, for example, they're, they've trained the social workers there to do neurofeedback with their most hardened, regular um, homeless people, which many of them are veterans. And they're having success for the first time in those people's lives. They're not using substances. Yeah. They're able to get off drugs and it's amazing it really is yeah yeah actually actually changing your mind actually changing the way that you your sort of default your sort of default way of being in the world i mean that's i mean it sounds like i mean it sounds too good to be true i think for some people it's like how how is it possible that in 40 sessions or 30 or 20 sessions of me watching you know shapes on a screen that that flicker that somehow that's going to, you know, improve my brain and help me sleep and, and, uh, and, and, you know, um, treat my seizures. Um, the one, the one part of the one part that I, that is interesting, um, to me is sort of like the qualitative reflection, because as part of the protocol, you have a symptom tracker and, 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 and for me and I, and I, you know, for everybody that's like, well, what, what things do you want to fix? You know, 
Um, is it, uh, is it the Jimmy, is it a Jimmy leg? Is it insomnia? Is it seizures? Is it compulsive eating, biting your fingernails? Like, and, and throughout the process with through after each of these sessions, you, you sort of look at, okay, well, did that get any better? Am I better at remember, remembering people's names? Am I less agitated? That sort of self-reflection, um, that you quantify with marks and, you know, looking back at my data, I, I do want to talk about my experience in, in a little bit, but looking back at my data and seeing, I was like eight, six, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, zero, you know, like really eliminating, um, certain, certain behaviors that I, that I really wanted to change. I think, um, I think it's really amazing because it's, it's both quantitative, you know, how your brain is changing and with the Wabi that we'll talk about that in a second too, but it's, it, it's really incredible because, um, it's so easy to do. The process is, is, is pleasant and nice. And then you actually notice yourself feeling a little bit different as you walk out. It's like, Oh, I do feel more relaxed. I'm, I feel a little bit more easygoing or I feel a little bit more focused. Um, it's funny because some of my clients in the early stages of the process, you know, I'll ask them, I said, well, how are things going? Are you calmer? Are you relaxed? Are you this or that? Yeah, yeah. He goes, I really think that it's this chair. <laughs> they're, they're trying to like give credit. You know, this chair is so comfortable. I think that's why I'm feeling better. <laughs> you know, Because it is a hard, it's hard to accept that you're sitting in a chair watching a movie or playing a game and having such powerful transformative changes. But that's the power of the brain. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're back there. You're back there tinkering with settings, um, millihertz settings. But really, it is our own brain that is watching itself, making adjustments, increasing plasticity, and like improving so that we can be better. I think that 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 that's it's it's an astounding it's an astounding process. Um, and it's so powerful and it's not that hard to do. And I think that's why people are um, skeptical, you know? Yeah, right. You know, obviously there's there's a list of there's a list of things and I just mentioned a couple of them, you know, and, and you have two um, uh, trauma, PTSD, um, TBI, you know, I know traumatic brain injury is a huge, huge um, uh, thing uh, that can be benefited by neurofeedback. But for people who are, you know, not to toot my horn, but people who are already pretty dialed, for people who already kind of um, um, have done the work, have spent the time, have done the meditation, or you know, um, you know, they're on you know day two hundred and fifty in a row of the of uh, a meditation app, and they've got a really good habit there. Um, Tell me about some of the some of the higher level, higher performing people that you've worked with, and what they've gotten out of it. Well, you know, there's always room for improvement, right? And just the day to day stresses of, of life are going to impact everybody, no matter how high performing you are. And what I have noticed with people that are in that position already, executives, biohackers, people that are in really good shape is that they will notice a, a different sense of being a more even more grounded they 
for instance, I'm, I'm thinking about this one gentleman I worked with. Um, he had to give a lot of talks, and he was he had no issues with public speaking, but he felt the words just flowed, and his ideas just, I guess maybe a flow state was easier for him to get into. And he was, I mean, peak, peak, peak state. He was just curious about neurofeedback and just wanted to experiment, but he received quite a bit of benefit from it. And I actually have a testimonial on my website about him. Yeah. It was, it was a lot to do with his public speaking and his ability to find words and communicate. Yeah. That, that's really cool because even, even, yeah, to your point, we can always become a little bit better. We can be sharper. If those words are coming faster and, and it helps, it helps you slip into, and we just, obviously we just had Rian Doris um, from the Flow Research Collective uh, on the podcast to talk about flow states. Well, your brain is a number one, the first thing that needs to be operating at an optimal level in order to access those flow states in, in any way. And for for someone like um, some for someone like your client who's on the spot a lot, high performer, a lot of people mm-hmm. depending on him um, right. to be able Running to multiple businesses. Jeez, yeah, that takes that's a huge amount of energy output. Right, right. So even if you're good, the fact of the matter is, well, it's the holidays. And that's stressful. And it's the winter time here in Seattle. And, uh, you know, seasonal affective disorder comes in and I haven't been sleeping very well. How, how many of your clients do um, go through the full protocol and then and and then come back and do sort of um, like uh, check-ins? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do do maintenance work with people with epilepsy, uh, definitely. I would say maybe 20% and I'll, I'll usually get an email from people if they've had extra stressors in their life and they just want to stay on top of it and maybe maybe you'll come in for like four sessions or so yeah it's, yeah it's not it doesn't take much because your brain knows your brain remembers you know and will this, they will they will they do those four sessions like in a week or in a month like how closely together do they do get those boosters probably like every week I would say. Got it. Got yeah. it. What's a, what's a standard? Cause I've heard of different ways of that, the, that other people sort of do it. Um, you know, our schedule has been, you know, almost, almost every, uh, twice a week, um, for the, for the last number of weeks. Um, what is the sort of the optimal time frame? If someone's like, yeah, you know, there's people listening like, oh my God, I have to try this. I have to go do this. I, there's, there are 10 things I want to improve. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up. Like what, what are they getting themselves into? How long of a process is it? Uh, and, and sometimes how quickly do they see results? Well, I say, I, I tell everybody up front, really, you're going to get the quickest, um, benefits by doing a minimum of twice a week, because this is like building upon itself. It's like, if you go to the gym just once every six weeks, it's going to, it's not going to happen really. You have to work out regularly and minimum twice a week. Now I've had people come from uh, out of town and they've stayed at an Airbnb and they've done like two or three sessions a day. It's an intensive because they live so far away. It's not ideal, but that's also possible. Um, I would say though minimum twice a week. People can choose to do more than that if they want to meet their goals more quickly. Uh, I say to everybody now, now that I've been doing this for a while, 
no less than 20 sessions because you could have profound changes at five sessions and at 10 sessions, but it may not stick. Most likely mm. won't stick. 20 sessions seems to be about the magic number for to maintain gains because you're laying down those new tracks, you know, yeah. and you want them to stick. Right, right. Why, why is it, why, why do you think it's not optimal to, to do like, uh, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, you know, if you have to pack it into four days. Right. Um, but, but why, why is that not, is it because they get fatigued or tired? Like, why yeah, is that not? That. And then also it sometimes it takes a day or two to realize a positive or a negative effect from the session. And since this type of neurofeedback that I practice is customized to each brain, I want to know, know everything so I can make the right decision on the next protocol adjustment until we get to the protocol and it's set, you know? Um, so yeah. So if I'm seeing somebody, you know, three hours back to back in one day, well, maybe that's not enough downtime, you know, for them to realize something. Right. Right. Yeah. You've got to have enough t time to just feel a little bit. Right. Exactly. L let's talk a little bit about the different, um, the different, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I, I'm still learning. <laughs> Forgive me for different not using. Feedback maybe? Well, the, you know, we were doing alpha theta, right? We were doing point. Synchrony. We were doing synchrony. We were doing, you know, um, 0.5, uh, 10 um, hertz, and then 40. Like, can you talk about the different, the different sort of, are those different approaches, different, like, how do you characterize that? And, and why, why, why do we do that? Well, so infralow just regular neurofeedback has been around for a while, and then so is alpha-theta. And most people like to try alpha-theta because it is a really deep, deep state, meditative state, and it can move stored memories in your brain out of a place that they shouldn't be into like a backfiling cabinet so they're not like affecting you. It's something similar to EMDR. Have you heard of EMDR? Yeah. So alpha theta, that's why alpha theta is so, so, so effective for people with PTSD and for substance use disorders because it just moves the, those memories and that trauma out of the area of the brain where it's causing the self-medicating and the PTSD to the backfiling cabinet where you're no longer being affected by it. It's very restorative and it, it helps people with to let go of learned fears and habits. So it's been around for a while. Now synchrony is newer. That came out a couple of years ago and it it was um, put out by the Othmers, I want to say two years ago, and we first had 0 0.05 hertz. And, it's, and it, it does create a, um, synchronicity in your brain. So it doesn't work for people with certain instabilities uh, like like again, epilepsy or migraines might be something that we wouldn't do synchrony with because it can potentially destabilize a person with those sort of issues. But they found, the authors found that it was 0 0.05 hertz synchrony that it gave people a profound sense of calm, deep, deep calm. Like in, in one session, I shared with you, I just recently, um, a colleague posted on the listserv, she was seeing a teenager for multiple other issues and it just coincidentally he had a really severe skin issue psoriasis and she did one session of synchrony and his psoriasis went away amazing right because the mind body connect right it's just deeply calming so 
last year, I think it was last year, they came out with, um, let's try doing all three levels of synchrony in one session. So it's a really calming one at 0.05, and it's uh, um, 10 hertz. And then the gamma hertz, which is kind of like the wake, like a brain waking, and that's what we ended with with you. So it's sort of like you get the whole, the whole thing in just one session. But we could do a whole synchrony session in 40 hertz. So the gamma range is really interesting because they've they've been doing a lot of research with that with dementia and Alzheimer's. But that's um that's really helpful for those issues, people with those issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I posted a you know four minute video from that session that I did with you when we were doing the the we were doing synchrony, right? We did the three we did the three the the three different hertz levels, and and I uh, I had a really deep experience. I you know I've I've had I've had a deep I've had deep experiences in meditation and flotation therapy and psychedelics and DMT and and maybe it was the kaleidoscope uh, that I was watching on the screen that my eyes were following. Um, maybe it was the music. Um, maybe it was my brain just enjoying correcting itself, which is a, a, actually what's happening um, and improving. But I, I felt this, this sort of opening of my third eye. I felt interconnectedness. I felt calm and peace in my body i felt uh love and joy um that i was not expecting and and i i imagine for people who are interested in transcendent experiences you know folks that are 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 after they want they want something different they want to have a, a different experience but they don't they don't want to eat a bunch of psilocybin. They don't want to go, right. you know, drop acid and go to a festival or even go into a, <laughs> or even go to a float tank. But, right. but when your brain is, is going through this neurofeedback, when it's going through the synchrony, it's your own brain enjoying the process of improving and adjusting and um it's 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 deep it's deep it is and it, honestly i think this is why one synchrony session can be so transformative i mean for that 14 year old boy that no longer had psoriasis for uh, somebody that has had lifelong social anxiety to feel peace and joy for the very first time in their life and there may be looking at 60 years of age, you know, it's, um, it is a nice option and it, your brain can get into those states with psychedelics, but it, it can get into those states because it, it can do that. And we can do that with neurofeedback, right? We just give it the information that it wants. Yeah. And a little nudge. Yes, totally, totally true. You know, I get to thinking about like autoimmune disease, you know, obviously like psoriasis, you know, uh, on your skin is a manifestation of something else that's going on. And the more that we know about, you know, the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, you know, we can heal ourselves with our mind. Um, it, the, the, the science is showing that that is, it is, it is undeniable. Now we now know that we have the power to heal ourselves. We just need to know what the hell to do. 
you know, I, I get to thinking about people who are dealing with fibromyalgia or, um, you know, uh, chronic, chronic fatigue, MS, these sorts of autoimmune diseases that are stemming from, from the brain and, and are sort of psychosocial, you know, and, and for this, for this teenage boy who is struggling and has this one session that, that act that clears his skin up is just, it's really inspiring. Yeah. We, we do see a lot of people with fibromyalgia, MS, diabetes. I mean, it, the neurofeedback itself helps the brain regulate, which then in turn regulates the nervous system, which then in turn affects the immune system. So if your immune system is calm and regulated, there's more of a chance for healing there. You know, there's, there's less of these flare ups. Yeah. So yeah, they are public studies actually with um i believe it's with endocrinologists tracking blood sugars stabilizing with neurofeedback that's so cool definite definite mind body connection that's a proof in the pudding there you know yeah yeah and and the key word there is is interoception how are you how how are you connecting your mind with your body are you are you making that connection um Let's talk about let's talk about the Wavi because um, y- you have the coolest toys, uh, Kiara. The coolest toys. Uh, please grab that if you have it behind you for the for those that are watching on YouTube. If you're just listening to the podcast, um, you can you can watch this on YouTube. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna look at a map of my brain, and you know until recently this sort of technology was not accessible for for the public this was this was sort of isolated yeah. to neuroscientists and neurosurgeons that 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 thousands of dollars right you know? right so a lot of money to have it yeah so what is so my, the what's the wavi is um, the wavi is a very cool 19 channel headset um did you want me to grab the headset so you can no that's that's okay you, you okay. can you can look at my real sean mccormick on instagram see it but i have a the manual here which i can show you some reports it's it picks up the 19 channels of a qeg um, the 1020 system and it also does a p300 which is the measurement of a signal how long it takes to travel around your brain it picks up brain voltage it picks up your physical reaction time there's a plethora of tests i can add on to it too i think we did the flanker test with you there's also trail making. I mean, it's comprehensive. It's so comprehensive. Um, it gives you the hertz that your brain runs at. It, it's lovely. I'm just trying to find a map here. Oh, coherence. This is like a sample of some um, coherence maps. I think you received this, Sean, right? Um, I don't think I saw. I don't think I got a coherence map. I got like a like a sort of a heat map yeah. of the areas of the brain. Definitely, I, if you look there, oh, this is the one, um, this is the P300 uh, voltage test. You got this? Yes, yes, I got that. And that's actually, your brain looked really good. Great voltage throughout. You didn't have very minimal blue spots. It looked very good, and your numbers were really also good. So it's a testimony to all the work you've done. I'm glad. I would be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would be so bummed if my brain is still a mess. Uh, you had really good reaction time, physical reaction time, trail making. The audio P300 is an event-related signal, and that you had great 
Great numbers. All of your numbers. I would love to have seen your Wabi before neurofeedback. I'd love to have seen that, you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that you probably had a great brain to start out with. We just like maybe gave it a little bit of a tweak. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the process of the Wabi is you wear this headset that has um, sensors on it a 19 at 19 locations. You check the sensors and then you go through, we did two tests and one is, um, is the arrow pointing left? You, you left click a mouse. Is the, is the arrow pointing right? You right click the mouse. That's uh, it's the flanker. The flanker test. It's four minutes. Yeah. Um, and you want to click as, as quickly as possible. It's super fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, yeah. Drove somebody with a, yeah. the headset on. So it fits onto your head and it, and it tracks. And so, uh, that was the, that was the one test. And then the second test was almost like a hearing test that you did in elementary school where it's like, there's like, boop boop beep and when when it's an alternate tone when it's a higher tone you you click the mouse as quickly as possible which measures response time you know it sort of it begs the question right so let for for either someone who has a um you know a nice looking brain like mine uh or someone who is in insomniac and has you know um seizures and and has ptsd concussions like what that voltage map shows up. I saw a couple of samples when I got my training on the Wavi of like somebody with had had a gunshot wound to the head or some concussions, and there's like just a dead zone there, you know. And what 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 do people then do with that information once they have that? Then what 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 can they what can they do with that knowledge? Well, there's two approaches, and this is how I'm hoping to use my Wavi brain scan device. Is that I'm gonna offer it to the public just for people, even if they're not doing neurofeedback, just to have a baseline. Because God forbid you are in a car accident and you have a TBI or a concussion, what's to compare? Like, what what are we measuring? Can we measure something? Like, where were you before and where are you now? Like, where is the damage? Where is it? Where do we need to work? Um, and then also for athletes, are you ready to go back to the sport? Because so many times athletes get cleared and they're nowhere near ready. And the Wavi scan can show that. Hmm. Um, the other, for me personally, I'm excited to use it as a pre and post yeah. scan or feedback. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be really helpful. Will, will you direct the type of sessions that you do with people based on what the Wavi tells you? No, I won't. But it does confirm through my intake and from my other cognitive function tests that I'm on the right path. And what the confirmation will come, well, this is where the experience of the clinician comes in. The confirmation will come that I know what I'm doing when we get the post-session, you know, and we'll yeah. see the difference, you know. But I'm not trying to change people's brainwaves. The essence of the Othmer neurofeedback um, system is that it is clinician decisions and, and uh, an experienced person looking at the person, making judgments on how they're responding, and then changing the setting to get their absolute best training protocol and then getting responses and they're completely customized to you and your brain versus me looking at a QEG, for instance, and, and saying, well, Sean's waves aren't quite a part of the QEG, you know, baseline. So let's force his waves to do this to match the cohort i mean but do you really want your brain waves to match a cohort out there no in cyberspace you want to be maximized for you 
and everybody's brain is so unique. It would be hard to try to, that would be like putting everybody on the same, if anybody that had hypertension, give them all the same dose of medication, you know? Right, right. I mean, that could lead to major problems or maybe 90 over 60 blood pressure is good for me, but not for you. So I shouldn't be medicated to bring my blood pressure up. That would be horrible, you know? Right. So this that's that's the difference between the type of neurofeedback. Um, so that's why I, when I do the Wavi, I'm not going to try to, there's no specific protocol that I will do, but it's it's nice to have a picture to confirm where where we think we should go on the brain. Right. And then hopefully to see the changes at the end of training. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, data is everything. And we live in a world, uh, in a time in history where we can get our blood tested, where we can get genetic testing, where we can understand what our genes are doing and change our diet around them. We live in a time where we can go through neurofeedback processes, um, um, actually get data on how our brain is doing. You don't have to go to some, you know, super posh hospital where you're going to spend $60,000 to understand what's going going on in your brain. It's now accessible to us. And I think for, for people listening who are, who are want to be at the cutting edge of, of the stuff they can control, you know, like what can I can control? Well, now you can control how your brain functions. Now you can go through these processes to make adjustments, to improve your brain performance. And I think it's, I mean, you know, five or 10 years from now, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be commonplace and it's pretty cool that you're out ahead of it. You know, where do you, where do you, yeah. And I, I really, I have to say that I have enormous gratitude for the biohacking community because it's the biohacking community that's going to put neurofeedback on the map because it's been around since the sixties and it just hasn't, you know, really picked up until the biohacking community said, Hey, because they understand data and they understand changing your environment and changing yourself and your brain is your master commander i mean the brain's in charge of everything everything in your body how you live how you respond how your organs are functioning everything so the first hack really should be your brain yeah yeah totally agree yeah well said um what what does the future hold for for neurofeedback? Like what like what is are we going to continue on that note? Are we going to continue to see it? Are we going to see it in schools? Uh, is, are they going to have it in hospitals? Like what where where is this sort of technology heading? Well, I I'm not putting my faith too much in just regular Western medicine, honestly. And I say that as a nurse and who's someone who's married to a physician, we don't see it happening there. Honestly, I think it's people driven, grassroots. People are demanding it. Um, they're hearing more about it. What we have right now is actually a shortage of neurofeedback practitioners. You know, I have people traveling in from great distances to come and see me. And then there are people asking for, like I had a client recently moved to Chicago and they wanted to continue the type of neurofeedback that we were doing here. And I couldn't find somebody in Chicago. Like you would think that that would be an easy place to find an Othmer neurofeedback practitioner, but no. So, um, we need to get more people trained. We need to get the word out. But I see the future of neurofeedback being a strong one, um, and I think it's going to be uh, consumer-driven. I ultimately think that it would be so wonderful in my lifetime. I'd love to see every child have access 
to neurofeedback and maybe have it in the schools, just have it as a baseline because if you can regulate a dysregulated nervous system, you can change the trajectory of a child's life. Yeah. Not to mention if you have an IQ boost of 10 to 15 points, you can calm a child down and make their whole entire future different. Yeah. So I, that's my I wish. I hope I, I see that in the future for neurofeedback. Yeah, that would be profound, you know, especially for for underserved youth, um, you know, youth at risk with um, with fewer resources than than other populations to, to, to be able to help them get their brain in a place where they can become more resilient, where they can stay calm when it's, you know, when it's wacky at their house to be able to to be able to soothe themselves just by the power of their brain, not by drugs and alcohol and erratic behaviors and violence. And, you know, um, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool vision. Uh, I, I really, I really, I really think you're right. I think, I think we can count on the, uh, consumers, people who are pushing the envelope, people who are beating the drum for personal empowerment, for, um, for personal optimization and human performance, like that, that's, what's going to drive the needle. It's going it, to, it, is it, is it worth it? Will people see the value in it and pay for it and commit, right. commit to themselves? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's going to, it just starts with the top players, you know, Tony Robbins, Dave Asprey, and it just trickles down from there. And hopefully everybody on the planet can do your feedback because if that were the case, we could close down the jail system. <laughs> we, we could eliminate that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. People would just make better choices. They would just exactly. make better choices. They would be better people. Phenomenal. Well, um, Kiara, you, you're a listener to the podcast, so I know that you're, you know what the next question is, which is the fill in the blank question. Hopefully you've prepared, <laughs> prepared. <Uh-oh. laughs> um, but I answered the same question, which is a fill in the blank question at the end of each episode to close anything out, to, to, to close it out. Um, so if you would, and this can be specific to neurofeedback or if from your experience, um, working, um, uh, as a nurse in intensive care, um, fill in the blank. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing that the world can be a good and safe place to live with access to the right tools. Everybody can have safety and love and hope. That's wonderful. Kiara Good, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. It was my pleasure. It's been great working with you.